Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Today, our gospel features one of the best known verses in all of scripture. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. You don't see it as much anymore, but for decades, every time I would turn on the television to watch a sporting event, you would always see someone in the crowd holding up a poster with that verse, John 3.16. And who knows how many new sisters or brothers in Christ were created by that particular strategy. But even one is worth it, and I admire their zeal for evangelism. Some of you may know my friend, Patrick Sanders. He is a priest of the church and the rector of St. Peter's by the Sea in Gulfport. Patrick is a guitar player, an aficionado of white sunglasses, and a good friend. This week he posted a photo of himself outside of his parish doors holding up a sign that read, John 3.17. And the caption below said, keep reading. So I took out my trusty Bible and I did just that. Jesus said, Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Not to condemn, but to save. In this season of Lent, sometimes we focus on our more condemnable acts, if that's a word, our sins, those things that separate us from God and those things that keep us from a fully realized relationship with God. This focus on our sinfulness begins on Ash Wednesday when we poetically acknowledge our wretchedness, according to the prayer book. And certainly there are some of us that may need to spend some time seriously reflecting on our sins. Do not fear, I'm not about to name names, but you know who you are. But I also wonder if we sometimes spend a bit too much in that valley of darkness, in the midst of our shame, paralyzed by our guilt, and we don't spend enough energy also remembering that Jesus' ultimate mission among us was not to condemn, but to save. And in doing so, we can remember what Jesus says before John 3.16 in John 3.15. 
so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For Jesus is not only referring to the fact that he will be literally lifted off the ground on a cross and act in in profound solidarity with humanity, but also that he will be raised from the dead on the third day, conquering death forever, and he will be lifted from the earth and take his place in the heavens, assuring us of eternal life. And Jesus goes on a few chapters later in chapter 12, verse 32, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So our sin, no matter how wretched, never has the final say. Instead, we will be lifted with Christ out of death, out of this broken world, and into the kingdom of God. And so in the season of Lent, perhaps we could spend some time not only reflecting on our sins, but how we deny the profound and real fact that we are saved. Could we spend less time acknowledging our wretchedness, but instead free ourselves from our prisons of doubt and fear? In this season, could we put aside our guilt and instead be lifted into the reality that we were made for something new? I read a wonderful story this week about a priest named Greg Boyle. As a young man, he was sent to Bolivia to serve the impoverished in a most remote region of that country. And one day he was asked to climb a mountain to say prayers and offer the Eucharist. Father Boyle had not been in the country for long, and his Spanish was quite poor, and his Quechua, the language of the indigenous Bolivian people, was non-existent. When he arrived at the top of the mountain, he found a small field with a simple altar at the center. He was relieved to learn that a native speaker would preach a sermon, But afterwards, he was still expected to lead the Eucharist. In his words, it was a disaster. He mangled most of the Spanish, and when he finally ran out of words and didn't know what else to say, he just wordlessly lifted the bread in the air and broke it and hoped that everyone understood what was going on. He was embarrassed and disappointed in himself. And so after worship was over, Boyle picked up his backpack and started the hike home. And while he was walking down the mountain, an old farmer started walking alongside him. In Boyle's words, he was wearing tattered clothes, a rope for a belt, and his feet were caked in mud. He motioned for the priest to come close. And the old man reached in his pocket and retrieved, of all things, a handful of rose petals. And he reached up and poured them over the young man's head. And then he reached in his pocket and grabbed even more, and the petals just fell all over his head and his shoulders and the ground around him. And finally, in that moment, he remembered that he was not condemned that he was saved. Today we hear that most famous verse, John three sixteen, and we remember that God so loved the world that he gave a son. 
But we also should heed 3.15 and 3.17 as well. And remember that the sun will be lifted through death into life up in heaven. And we are saved by that same sun. And finally, we can also hear St. Paul's words to the church in Ephesus, which we also read today. For Paul wrote, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that one may boast. For we are what he has made us. In this season of Lent, and on all the seasons of our life, May we remember, may we hold intention, may we fully live into these important truths. And while we are called to contemplate our sins, we are also saved from those sins. And not only are we saved, but we, were, we are so loved. We are so loved that we were made to be saved. Amen.